She had she. Now, um, 
We, we didn't have any money because we were both single parents and our ex-huskies were deadbeats, so we, we didn't have any money. But anytime there was a parade, we were there with the kids. We would look and look for things that were free. We'd go to parks and have picnics and go and walks. And we just try to do everything together that was free. We went to Gerber Baby Food uh, Festival and saw the part of the parade, but what we didn't know was there was an amusement park there. So here's all with Jan and I scraping up our present pennies so these girls could go on one or two rides on the Omnum. So um you know, and Arbor was little, little, and it's great big giant slide. And Jan says, let her go down. Your Jan's a daredevil. Let her go down. I said, Jan, I don't want her going down that big slide. She said, let her go down. She'll be all right. And she's like, yeah, Mama, let me try. So she went down that big, big slide, and I'm going to have a heart attack. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, that's the kind of things Jan would do. Um, if her car broke down, I'd take her to work. If my car broke down, she'd take me to work. And uh, one time I was working two jobs. I was working two jobs. I was working um, hospice during the week, and every other weekend I was working at Welcome Home for the Blind, where my mom was. And uh, even though I was only looking at her at the weekend, it was policy at Welcome Home for the they could work one holiday a year. So they wanted me to work Fourth of July. And I said, well, you know, I've got to get this okay with my full-time job. So they changed my schedule on my full-time job. And I went to work at Welcome Home on Fourth of July. Well, if you worked in nursing, if you worked a holiday, you got time in half. If you had the holiday off, you got your regular pay for holiday pay. But when you work in nursing, if you have the holiday off, you gotta work the day before and the day after the holiday in order to get your pay. So my car broke down. Right at the clock at night on the 4th of July. And this is when I really asked what kind of friend I have. Because I called Jan, I didn't know who to call. I called Jan, it was after midnight. She come out and she couldn't get it started. And I said, I'm really bummed because I said, I'm, if I don't get to work tomorrow, I'm going to lose my holiday pay at, at hospice. And I was counting on holiday for pay from um, Welcome Home for the Blind and holiday pay from hospice to help me catch up on bills. Ha ha, it makes the car. But anyway, <clears throat> Jan says, I'll take you to work tomorrow. I said, well, I thought can be to work like 7 in the morning. Yeah. She said, I'll use my lunch break, and I'll come pick you up, and you can take me back to work, and you can use my car tomorrow. I says, Jan, you can't use your lunch break to pick me up. She says, I am going to pick you up tomorrow. <laughs> that was Jan. I am going to pick you up tomorrow. And she did. She gave up her lunch break. To take me, to pick me up, to bring her back to work so I could have a car for the day, so I could get my holiday pay at hospice. That's the kind of person she was. Now she could get stubborn and she could get mad. Boy, when she got mad, she'd hold it for months. 
don't talk to her and I say, I'm sorry, I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. I was always the one who had to apologize. But I knew she forgave me, and I knew she knew I was going to forgive her. Um, Jan liked the stars in the sky. She loves space. And it took fun because we really didn't have that much in common, but we were best of friends, and she loved space. And she would look at the stars, and she said, well, look, there's the Big Dipper, there's the Little Dipper, there's that bear, whatever his name is. And I'm looking up there, and all I see are stars. I said, I don't see it, Jan. How can you not see it? It's there, and there, and there, and there. I can't see it, Jan. Um, and Jan often, oh, this is a funny story. I have to quit talking. But often would go to the airport and had a viewing place at the airport to watch the planes. Her biggest thing she wanted to do someday was fly. And I don't think she ever got to fly. I don't think she ever got to fly. But she just looks up there watching the airplanes come in and out. Well, Chad was an animal lover. And we all know, all know that animals die. So she got a bright idea to bring all her dead animals to the airport and bury them under a tree there. Well, what happened next was they decided they were going to make a new viewing area at the airport. And so they found out all these dead animals that Jan had buried at the airport. And it was so funny because it was in the newspaper. It was in the newspaper. It's something about the airport is trying to solve a mystery of who that dude put all those dead animals at the airport. And Jan and I, we were just sitting there laughing our head off because Jan says, I can't tell him, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> so to this day, I don't know if no one put the dead animals in the airport. <laughs> we just laughed and laughed and laughed over that one because it was on the news on TV. It was on and uh, yeah, there was a couple bunnies and a couple cats up there, and I think a bird. All very down in the airport. <laughs> so anyway, I I went let Andy speak. I went on too long. Um, but that's the Jan I knew, and I love her. And I'm thinking, fly away, Jan. Fly. Well, right now we're going to hear the song uh, Bridge Over Troubled Waters because that was um, one of Jan's favorite songs. And then I have just a few words to share.
One of Jan's favorite scripture passages was Isaiah 40, 30, and 31. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, 
and they shall walk and not faint. Today I'm going to read a scripture passage for you from the book of John, chapter 11. And it is kind of a lengthy passage, but I, didn't think, I couldn't think of a good way to break it up. So I'm going to just read the whole thing and make a few remarks. Um, John, chapter 11, starting in verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he, this being Lazarus, had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh upon Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs, that's about two miles. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary still sat in the house. Then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask with God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, Martha saith unto him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is coming, and he calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into town, but was in that place where Martha met him. Then the Jews which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily, went out and followed her, saying, She goeth to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come, and Jesus saw her, when Je where Jesus was, and she saw him, she fell at his feet, saying, Unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took the stone away from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot, with the grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary, and had seen 
the things which Jesus did, believe on him. Today we're here to celebrate the life and legacy of Janet Marie Hathaway. And because of the hope of Jesus, her life and legacy do not end here. This box that we have before us is just an early representation of her. She is no longer here. She's no longer bound by pain or cares of this world. And the most important thing that she would want me to share with you is that her hope was in Jesus Christ. There is no other hope for this world. There's a lot of bad things that are going on in this world, and the only hope is Jesus. In this story, Lazarus was dead. There was nothing he could do to make himself not be dead. There was nothing his sisters could do to make himself not to make him not be dead. All they could do was trust Jesus to do a work that they couldn't do themselves. And I can guarantee you that the thing that Janet would want me to tell you the most is that she wants all of you to be in heaven with her. And there's only one way to do that, and that's to trust Jesus Christ for your salvation. He died on a cross so that you could be saved from your sins and so that you could have a permanent place with him in eternity. We're all eternal. We're all going to live forever. The question is not if we're going to live forever. The question is where. There's only two places. One is heaven and one is hell. And some people say, well, hell is a state of mind or maybe it's not real. But if you read the Bible, you'll find that Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. Why? Because he didn't want any of us to end up there. He wanted us to live with him in heaven and ultimately. Ultimately, to live in a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no pain, there will be no sorrow, there will be no disability. I will not be in this wheelchair because that's the hope of heaven. I will have a new body and I will be able to run and jump and do all the things that I can't do right now. But then also, we see that Jesus... Um, was very deliberate in the actions he took. First of all, he stayed on the outskirts of town. Jesus doesn't go where he's not invited. And he stayed on the outskirts of town and he waited for Martha and Mary to come to him. And as they came to him, then he ministered to them. And he talked to them about the resurrection, how he was the resurrection and the life, and that if you believe in him, you won't die. We, we will die physically, and a part of me, the human part of me, fears that physical process. But I know that the ultimate reality for the believer is that, as Paul said, absent from the body is present with the Lord. The minute that, that Janet Marie Hathaway breathed her last breath here on earth, she breathed her first breath of celestial air. She saw Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. And Jesus made Lazarus alive again. Now, because um, 
Lazarus experienced an earthly resurrection, he would die again twice. He would die a second time. Because death is a reality that has been with us since the Garden of Eden. It doesn't get any easier. I've had a number of friends pass away in the in the past few years, and I know the things that go through your mind. Things like, why wasn't it me? Things like, who is next? Things like, what am I supposed to do now? How can I breathe? How can I continue on? I've, I've been there. I, I lost my brother. I was 13 years old. He was three months. It was the most devastating thing that ever happened to me. But through all the bitterness and the harshness of the following year, I clung to one hope, and that is the resurrection. We're going to celebrate Easter Sunday this Sunday. And and the power of the Christian faith is that unlike other faiths, we're not following um, some dead teacher. We're not following someone who who just had great things to say and, and... so that's why he's worth following. We're following someone who triumphed over the grave. He rose the third day. First Corinthians chapter 15 says, I've delivered unto you that which I've also received, that Christ died according to the scriptures, was buried according to the scriptures, and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Those are the three main things that Paul wanted the people that read First Corinthians chapter 15 to know, and everything else in that chapter comes from that place. So maybe you've thought about your future in the past, and maybe you have yet to do business with God. I want to tell you this, that I'm sure that Janet would be grateful to know that her death led to even one person making a decision to follow Jesus Christ. It's not an easy decision, Jesus says, If you will follow me, take up your cross daily and follow me. He's not promising that everything will turn out fine. Christians still die. What he is promising is that he'll walk with you through the hard times. And just as he made Lazarus alive in a physical sense, he can make you alive spiritually. I just want to share very briefly... Another passage from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. Ephesians 2, 4 to 10. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even while we are dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and hath raised us together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So Jesus gave this sacrifice for us out of his mercy. Over and over in the Psalms, we see the psalmist talking about the attributes of God and relying on God's attributes to bring him the goodness of life. 
Because there is nothing good in the psalmist or in any of us that merits salvation. In, in my deepest heart of hearts, I am an evil person. Apart from the grace of God, I would be headed to an eternity in hell without God. But when I was five years old, God reached down and he grabbed me and he said, Andrew, I want you to be my child. And I made that decision to follow him. It hasn't always been easy. My roughest year was when I was 14 years old and I was questioning everything. I got to a point where I was like, I'm completely useless. God, why did you leave me here and, and take my brother? Because he was healthy. He was perfectly healthy. He was going to walk and run and do all the things I couldn't do. And you left me here. How could you have done this? You, you, they, say, they tell me that you don't make mistakes, but you must have made at least one because I'm still here. But you know, over the years, I've realized that God had a plan for my life. He had a plan for leaving me here. And he had a plan for what he would do in and through me for other people and for him. And he has a similar plan for any one of us who follows him. We're all, our natural inclination is death and sin. That's who we are. But then he gives us life. And he does it again because he wants to show the exceeding riches of his grace through all of time. And he wants to save you, but he doesn't just want to save you and leave you where you are. He wants to save you so that you do good works that he has for you. And it's not about the words you say. You can say words today and leave just the same person you were when you walked in. But it's about letting the Holy Spirit work in your life so that you can be assured not only of eternity in heaven, but of an abundant life here. A life that can't be matched because God gives us things that we don't even know that we need. I don't have all the answers. I know this is rough. I know Janet was a great person. I only met her a couple of times, but I was telling Aunt Cheryl as we were talking about the service that I still remember one time when Aunt Cheryl brought me over a winter coat and she said it was from Aunt Jan. And I wore that coat for probably five or six winters. And every time I would wear it, or you know, every winter when I would get it out, they would be brought to my mind that that's where I received it. And as Cheryl has said, that's the type of person that Jan was. And that's the type of person that she would want all of us to be. And the only way we can do that is by understanding the love of God. And if we understand the love of God, then we can... can Show it to others. But the only way to truly understand the love of God is to understand the judgment of God that I deserve. We have all, the Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But 3.24 says, being justified freely by his grace, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the problem and the solution are in both of those, are in that passage. You look at that passage, that two-verse passage, and you have the problem of society and the solution. I pray that this 
um, service will give you comfort. I will definitely be praying for each and every person in this room as time goes on. I just want to reiterate some of the things you talked about. This has been somebody that I thought had been a best friend since high school. Apparently it began before that, which is awesome. She worked a lot. She, um, at different times, worked at Walgreens. I believe I heard Arnie's. And I believe also that for a brief time she was a nurse's aide. Cheryl told me that she wanted to be a nurse, but she was unable to complete the schooling that she needed to do that. But everything I've heard about her and everything I've experienced of her says that she wanted to give it to others. And that's a legacy that her family and friends can be proud of. And um, I think now I'm just going to close in prayer, and then we have a closing song, um, Cry Out to Jesus, before we're dismissed. So um, I'll close in prayer now. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I pray that it would go forth with power. You've promised that it will not return void, but that it will accomplish the things that you've sent it forth to do. And so I just pray for that. I pray for her children, that you would comfort them, that you would show them that you are there, that you care. Um, I pray that you would comfort um, Cheryl's family. Um, I thank you for Peter and Audra and the fact that they're here today and, and for um, Audra's children, for um, just, I just pray that you would Comfort all of them and, and give them peace that only you can give. And I pray that as this song that we're going to hear um, so clearly states, that they would cry out to you, Lord. Um, sometimes it's a struggle to believe. I understand that. But even to that man who had a demon-possessed son who wanted healing for his son, he said, if you believe, your son can be healed. And the man said what we often say, which is this, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So I ask that you would help any doubters here to realize your love and your peace and the true victory that can be gained when we trust you with our future. I pray this in Jesus' name, and I commit to you, um, Janet Marie Hathaway, please, um, just help us until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen.
Tonight.